This is the fourth episode in the uh, My 99 Cousin podcast, and with me today is Daniel Andelin. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. I am so excited for you to be here, and I finally get to interview an Andelin cousin because I have so many wonderful memories of being with you and your family. I feel like the Andelins next to Uncle Dean's family were the closest family to me. Uh, I grew up in Texas until I was 10, and I lived close to Uncle Dean's family a lot. So I, I got really close with uh, Stephanie and, and uh, Kimberly. And you're, you're close to Jeff's age, right? Yeah, Jeff's age. Uh, your brother Tyler as well. I remember you guys coming down from Murray all the time during the summer and yeah, so family reunions, things like that. So once when I was ten and my family moved to back to Utah in Orem, it was then that we started visiting a lot more. And then when my mom when my mom remarried in 1999, when I was about 15, and we moved to Murray, then yeah, we I drive our uh, my siblings down to the farm a lot more to visit the cousins too. So, yeah. so tell me, Dan, tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll do just some introductions. You can tell us you know, what's life like for you right now, and then we'll move into the second segment about uh, memories that you have of our family. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I, I currently live in Provo, Utah. Um, I live, uh, live in a small apartment one bedroom apartment, got the whole place to myself and uh, work for a small startup called Savvy Technologies. And I actually work with uh, my sister Elise's husband, Dan Roberts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So <clears throat> we, uh, you know, it's fun working with family and we have, we have this small company that we're, we're working on and trying to trying to grow and succeed. And it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've been there for six years now. Interesting. So on, there might be a little family connection there with my Farnsworth side. When I met Dan a couple of years ago, he was talking about this company. And then I brought up that my uncle on my mom's side, he's a venture capitalist. And I kind of made a connection between those two. I don't know if anything ever came of it. I'll have to ask Dan oh, more yeah. about it. But he may have supplied uh, some funding uh, oh, several years ago oh, cool. for that. So. Yeah. But, that's very cool. And you told me that you live in the same building where your work is. That's that's pretty cool. Yep. There's just one apartment in the building, and I walk walk down to my office. It's about a thirty second walk or less. So is that technically not a work from home situation, or uh, well, how would know, you kind of the best that? of both worlds? Because I have my own separate place, uh -huh. and uh, but yeah, I mean, I go into the office every day, and you know, hang out with my coworkers, and get work done there, and. Uh, it's kind of nice to be able to keep a little bit of separation at least, uh -huh, yeah. and uh, but it's almost like working from home. Yeah. So do you? Here's the real question: Do you go home during the middle of the day for lunch, or do you go out to eat? Or you know, normally I go out to eat, which is just <laughs> embarrassing to think about because I uh, could just go home and eat lunch. But sometimes I sometimes I do uh, go home and make lunch. Do you ever show up in your PJs on accident? You're like, oh, whoops! Uh, I should probably put some jeans on at least <laughs> you know sometimes i'll uh you know if if i'm not feeling feeling up to putting my clothes on i'll, I'll just stay in my apartment and work from home <laughs> <laughs> you really will you work from home from your apartment sometimes i will yeah <laughs> that's so i can't be bothered going to the office are you kidding me look at the traffic outside there's like one dog in the way or something all those people i can't yeah can't be yeah. bothered you know, it, well, it's nice. It's like if I if I need to, if I have a little cold or something, I'll just work from home. But then, 
Yeah, so it's it's fun. So do you call in sick ever? And then people are like, let's go check on Dan. And then they're <laughs> like, wait a minute. He's not actually even here. <laughs> well, if I call in sick, I'll probably be in bed. But uh, so, yeah. But they'll they'll kindly come check on me, make sure, oh, really? you know, see if I need anything. Bring some, bring some <laughs> bring Elise me, soup or well, something? They'll just, they'll just uh, say, hey, you know, you want us to pick you up something for lunch? And, uh-huh. you know, we have our go-to restaurants that we go stop by. Uh, El Mexal is one of those great, great restaurant in Provo. El nice. Mexal, yeah. The Provo scene. How long yeah. have you lived in Provo? Pretty much since I graduated BYU, which was 2014. But I did move to Orem for a couple of years as well mm. in between that. So, but Orem, Provo, they're, they're pretty much Yeah, the they same. kind of blend together yeah. a little bit. So. You had told me something that I'm, I'm really interested in learning more about. Maybe we could take just one minute. You could tell me about this. Apparently, if you graduated from BYU, you can get a phone plan through BYU, and it's really cheap? I, I think that's the case. So I have my phone plan through BYU, and initially I got it because my dad worked at BYU. Yeah. Uh-huh. Children of BYU employees can get on the BYU phone plan. But I think, from what I understand, I think they open it up to like alumni. Just, oh, okay. You know, anyone can get on it. I'll have to look into so, that because... It's not like I'm paying an exorbitant fee or anything, a lot of money for my phone plan, but you know, I'm looking to try and save money any way I, I can. Uh, so I'll look I'll look into yeah. that after well, the podcast. Maybe we'll have to call up the cell phone office and, and see what we can do <laughs> for then, you. And then and then they'll find out, wait a minute, your dad doesn't work at BYU anymore? <laughs> Sorry, Dan, we gotta kick you out of this. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I'll get kicked plan. off because of this. No. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your your single guy, but you go on a lot of dates. It sounds like well, not too many, but you know, I, I uh, I'm trying to you know find the right uh, girl to marry, and uh, so I, I do go on I, I do go on a few a few dates here and there. Dates. So um, <clears throat> looking like uh, Casanova with this beautiful long locks of hair and uh, a oh, little bit you. of uh, not a goatee but a mustache and. What's the little bit underneath your lip called? What's I don't know what that little bit. Is. Uh, you know, I just I missed it this time. So, but <laughs> uh, they think they normally call it a soul patch. A soul patch? Yeah, but I don't. I'm not, I don't know if I'm really going for that. Groovy, but. my friend. <laughs> uh, what? So, what is it like living in Utah County? And what is the dating scene like? How do you find girls? Do you find them typically through mutual or? or? Yeah, yeah. So I use um, mutual sometimes. There's mm-hmm. another app called Hinge that oh, I on occasionally. Okay. And yeah, so you know you can you can meet people through that way. It is a little tougher to meet people just in person unless you mm-hmm. go to like events or parties. You do know, people things. not you can meet really, people in your ward? But do so, people in Utah County not really mix and mingle date too much? They usually go through some kind of website. I, I think the dating the dating scene has changed a bit probably since you were in it. Yeah. Um, with all the apps and social media, dating has moved a lot to your phone. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're meeting people online. Um, you add people on Instagram or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, you do still meet people through mutual friends or through, yeah. through parties. But, but a lot of it has moved over to dating apps, which is an interesting thing in the last, you know, 10 years Mm. so it would be an interesting study for utah county in particular just because it's such a unique area of the world you have it's there's still kind of a stigma of you of people 
who aren't married by the age of like 23 or 24 are like, oh, you're out of the dating market because you're so <laughs> old, you know, yeah, is no, I, what a lot of people, older people have about that. I but think it's moved up. The age has moved up quite a bit. Oh, has it? Now, now I feel like it's a lot more common for people to be, you know, 26, 27, 28, yeah. even 30, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm 34 years old and I have a lot of, you know, peers my age that aren't married and and uh, so <clears throat> it has changed a little bit, but, you know, we're working on it. We're working <laughs> on it. I'm, that's why I'm going on dates. And Good for you. I, I'm, I apologize if that was an uncomfortable uh, no, conversation. But it is something that I find kind of fascinating. And uh, for any of you lucky ladies out there looking for a husband, I can vouch for Daniel. I think he's an amazing <laughs> guy. Uh, uh, now I'll see if I can get him to listen to this <laughs> podcast and they'll have, they'll have your uh, word for it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the uh, next segment where we talk about family memories. So uh, we had mentioned that your family, the Andalin family, and my family, the Tim Anderson family, we have a lot of kids the same age. I mean, all of our aunts and uncles have kids the same age because there's just so many of them. Yeah. But for some reason in particular, we came to your house uh, quite a bit growing up. My brother Alan is Quincy's age. I'm Nate's age. Tyler is is your age. Charlotte is kind of Elise's, Elise's age. Right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us if you have any memories of my family or or other cousins or even memories of your of your family that you'd like to share. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we we uh, like I think you mentioned earlier. We call it the farm. That mm. we have the families who lived on the farm. Lo- I I feel like I had kind of an idyllic childhood growing up there on the farm, and and it was always fun having different cousins coming from. Uh, out of town or even just Salt Lake coming down to the farm to hang out and we'd have family reunions there all the time and can you tell us just briefly uh, who were all the families that lived uh, around the farm because not all of us lived there but who were the main families uh, that lived in that area yeah so Uncle Hans his mm-hmm. family lived uh, there we also had the Jacob family mm-hmm. lived there Aunt Ladon and Uncle Jim Uncle Glenn Lee mm-hmm. lived there for a while my family, the Andalin family, but then also Uncle Dean Anderson family lived there yeah. for a few years few as well. Years, yeah. couple, two or three years. Yeah, that's right. In between their Texas mm-hmm. time. Yeah, they moved back to Texas uh, sometime around 2006. Yeah. Um, it was shortly after I got married. And then since, I don't know, a couple of years ago, since grandma's passing, we've had some of the aunts and uncles actually move back to the area, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's more more family now at the farm as well. You know, we have uh, Uncle mm-hmm. Uncle Richard is mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncle Uncle Corwin and Aunt Lynette. Oh yeah, that's right. Well now. Uh, the Lewises. Yeah, the Lewises. So yeah, there's more. But I, I did want to share a couple stories. Um, yeah, go ahead. One one uh, story that come to, came to mind is I think I'm trying to remember who all was there. It was. Uh, me, Tyler, brother Tyler, Jason, and Jeff, I know we're all there, mm. and we were up at the barn that my dad had, had built, and we, we would milk the cow there. Okay. But we were up there just hanging out, and... Um, How old were you around this time? This was... I was probably 13, okay. 14, maybe, mm-hmm. and Jason's a couple years younger than us, so he was maybe 11, yeah. something like that. Uh-huh. We were we were kind of just playing around. There was a there was a rope that was hanging from the rafters, and we were all swinging on it oh, no. next to the haystack. Okay, this is in like a barn area. Yes, yeah, so where the cow was. We're just in the barn, and and we're under under the barn, and there's a rope hanging from the rafters, and we're swinging it, and there's hay next to us, mm-hmm. and 
and we're kind of just swinging in a, in a little circle around okay. with this on this rope. Jason goes to swing, oh, no. and he slips off. <laughs> and there was a two by six piece of lumber sitting on the ground. Okay. And somehow he fell directly on it, smacks his head. Oh no! And he gets knocked out. Oh no! He's just laying there. What? And he just knocked himself. And he out. just knocked out cold. And we oh, were like, no. "Jason, you okay?" We're shaking him. Oh no! Was he bleeding? Was he? No, no. Um, you know, he. Uh, I think he ended up peeing his pants a little bit <laughs> oh, while he was knocked no. out. But oh, but no. he, he woke up and we were like, Jason. You all right? And he was fine, you know. He, uh, you know, he. <laughs> who knows? Maybe he had a concussion. But oh, no. we we went back to just hanging out, playing. So that was one uh, <laughs> one story. Jason, hopefully, hopefully you're not too upset if you oh, listen to this. Jason, oh man, <laughs> poor kid. Okay, all right. Well, so, what other memories do you have for me? I have a memory a little further back. This is about our cousin Moroni from the Aunt Karen, mm-hmm. Uncle Don's family. Oh, Aunt Karen moved uh, close to the that's farm right, as well. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. this I was probably about eight years old, mm-hmm. and they were visiting. I think it was like a Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and we were all all the cousins were all out, you know, jumping on the trampoline mm-hmm. in the backyard. And for some reason, you know, my older brothers and Moroni's older brothers thought it would be funny if they have Moroni and I wrestle. Okay, <laughs> and we're like eight years old and. <laughs> And so we're we're getting in this wrestling match on the trampoline. Oh no! Is this an above ground trampoline? Yeah. It's so it's not like in the ground. It's a, yeah, level. above ground. Okay. Yeah. And it, it's funny because I remember this, and and we were we were really competitive with each other. To this day, I remember just struggling in this wrestling match against my cousin Moroni and. Were they like betting on you guys? Were they like, ah. they, yeah, they kind of wanted to see who would win. You know, they're like, ah, who's going to win this little wrestling match? And like so, chicken fighting, but with little brothers. Yeah, they were all rooting <laughs> us on, you know. And, <laughs> and I remember we were, we were kind of, we kind of didn't like each other for a little bit after that. Oh, are you serious? For just, you no know, a, few, a little, a minute, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember, you know, we had this just competitive thing toward each other for mm-hmm. a little bit. When, at that young age, like eight years old, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. we obviously were totally fine at later but it was just this one of those funny memories where i remember wrestling and just feeling this pent-up rage aggression aggression uh-huh. so so i gotta ask do you remember who won who won this wrestling match you know i think we i think they had to, had to tear us apart eventually we were, oh. getting, we were, getting, we were okay getting so upset. not not an yeah. official winner there, not like i don't a know pin. that there was an official winner yeah oh. what do you say you think a rematch is <laughs> You know, I think I think Marona would probably beat me. He has all that combat combat training. Uh, so well, you've been eating too much soy. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's just a little inside. Much, joke. I don't eat much soy. That's an inside joke between us. What other memories of your siblings uh, or of your parents that uh, that come to mind? Yeah, so you know, it was it was awesome growing up. I did homeschool with all my siblings mm-hmm. um, for most of the time. Right, we did. Most of us went to high school, but during elementary school and junior high, we were most of us were homeschooled, uh-huh. and so we'd have devotional um, every morning at nine a.m. Oh wow! And uh, all my siblings, we would, my mom would have us memorize quotes and stri- scriptures and you know um, hymns and different things mm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this uh, just the other day. There's a hymn in the LDS hymn book. It's called School Thy Feelings, Oh My Brother. Yeah. And I remember my mom telling me a story 
and she would always she would often tell stories about um, her dad, Grandpa Anderson, and she told that a story that "School Life Feelings" on my brother was one of his favorite hymns. Oh, and growing up, he told you know he he had told my mom that he used to have a very very you know bad, bad temper, temper. uh huh, and so. <clears throat> um, he heard this hymn. An and Anderson with a bad temper? No way. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. It may have carried down a, a couple uh, generations. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But but yeah, so he, my mom told that story that it was one of his favorite hymns, and that's always just stuck with me because of the way that he continued to kind of learn and, and get older. He was able to get to a point where he didn't have a bad temper anymore, right? He was oh. able to control his, his temper and... And I think part of it was, you know, him, you know, putting a lot of effort in, but he said that hymn made a big impact on him. Really? Uh, School Life Feelings. So is that now one of your favorite hymns as well? Or is it just by association that hymn, you see it and have that memory? Yeah, I have that memory of Grandpa. I I do love the hymn, um, but I have that memory of, you know, secondhand memory of Grandpa. But Mm. yeah, so it's a meaningful hymn. And I remember, and, and that's a specific you know, fun story about how our our parents would always share stories of Grandpa. And, and, mm. Yeah. So we're talking about Grandpa's uh, book that he had, uh, or that your mom had finished compiling. You guys got that for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I got it recently as well. I've been reading that. But um, yeah, so Grandpa, he was a member of the 70 of the church. Um, it's just a leadership position that we, in the church, there's the prophet, and he has his first presidency, so he has two counselors. And then there's the 12 apostles. And then under them, there's uh, 70. And then below that 70, there's other uh, 70 as well. There's like the second quorum. Quorums. Um, but our grandpa, he was a member of the first quorum of the 70 and was in that position for a number of years before he uh, was diagnosed with cancer and, and so was released from that calling and then later uh, passed away from cancer. Yeah. But yeah, because he had such a large posterity, there's a joke that uh, there was this other, I don't know if it was an apostle or just another one of the 70, and he only had like two grandkids or something. And uh, he said, well, me me and Hans here with, with our number of grandkids combined, we have more grandkids than any other two, than all the rest, <laughs> all the rest um, any other two of you combined. <laughs> and so that was just the big joke that grandpa just had so many grandkids. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 number 81. Yeah, 81. So, Good for you to remember know, your I don't number. Know if we mentioned that. No, we haven't. <laughs> yeah, grandchild number 81. What do you have any other memories that you'd like to share of of other cousins or yeah. experiences that you You remember? know, when uh like we said, uh Dean Anderson family moved over, moved to the farm area. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff was close to my age. And so we spent a lot of time together for a couple of years. Mm. Um, we would hang out like almost every day when we were probably, you know, 12, 13 years old. I'm trying to remember the exact age, but mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Um, we learned how to do double front flips on the trampoline. Wow! Together, yeah, and uh, we do different different games. One time, it's funny. Uh, we do funny stuff. I don't know if we had some sort of a weird relationship with pain, where where <laughs> he had a pair of boxing gloves, mm. but we only had one pair, and so I would take the right, and he was left-handed, so he'd take the left. <laughs> And we box each other with one arm behind our back. Okay. So essentially, there was no blocking. It was just punching each other. 
at the same time. <laughs> I could totally picture you guys doing that. And we would go at it, you know, we'd, but it was fun. You know, uh, another one, one of my older brothers had a uh, blowgun. Mm. And it had like pellets that, mm-hmm. we'd, that you'd shoot out of this blowgun, like a dart gun, but the pellets. And we would just take turns on opposite sides of a, a long hallway Shooting each other. And we'd shoot each other. (laughs) We'd cover our eyes, but often we'd hit each other in the forehead. (laughs) You know, this is all starting to make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I I don't know what it was, but we had, you know, little games that we'd, you know, sort of inflict pain on each other. (laughs) But it was was fun. You know, I have lots of good memories with Jeff. We ended up uh, eventually... You know, after after both of our missions, we went and sold pest control out in Virginia together. Oh, okay, yeah. And we reminisce about that often. You know, some afternoons we would just get burnt out of knocking doors. Yeah. So yeah. we just run over to the movie theater. Nice. Catch a, catch a matinee. <laughs> in <laughs> the middle of, of the day. Instead of knocking knocking <laughs> doors. Uh, we had. A, I remember I did that once when I I, I didn't sell pest control, but I sold um, books door to door. These. These uh, handbooks that oh, were that's student right, yeah. handbooks. I did that for um, the summer after I graduated, and I learned a lot of important lessons. One of which is that knocking doors and door to door sales is extremely hard and yeah. uh, uh, really taxing, but uh, helps build resiliency. But yeah, yeah, there were there may have been one or two days where I was like, I'm gonna go see a movie. Yeah, this is tough. So, <laughs> what movies do you remember going to see? Oh, you know, that's a good question. I feel like I have a memory of seeing like Alien versus Predator at oh, one point, okay. which, is, which was a you know the, uh, it was like the third or fourth one in the series. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, we, I mean, so yeah, not we, only was it a matinee film, but it was a rated R movie. <laughs> that one may have been PG thirteen. Okay. Actually, that one may have been PG thirteen. I'm gonna look that up. We're gonna yeah. find out. And, that one uh, it might have been like one of the only ones in the in the series in that the was PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can't remember. I don't mean exactly. to call you. I was just joking. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what we watched, but we there was a bridge we'd go to and just chill at little bridge over a little creek. So did you guys sell in the same area then? It sounds like you must yeah, so have sold in at least close close by cities or something. Yeah, so we'd drive out together in the same car, and he we were in Jeff's car, and we, he'd drop me off in in uh, one neighborhood, and then he'd go to like the neighborhood next right next to it, right? So you trusted Jeff to drive, huh? I don't know if I would yeah, have trusted yeah. Jeff. <laughs> we drove all the way out from Utah, all the way out to Virginia. <laughs> That's awesome. Good drive in a in a Honda Accord. It's great. Great vehicle. Honda Accords are the best. I mean, <laughs> Japanese made. I, I have a Honda Accord. I yeah. love them. They last yeah. long time. Yeah. Great vehicles. We we probably got pulled over four or five times for the same issue. We had a headlight out. Every time we'd just tell the cop, we'd be like, oh, which headlight is out? <laughs> and the cop would let us off with a warning every time. But, you know. Oh, which one? Oh, which headlight's out? You know, and, and that... We were convincing enough that yeah, we yeah. didn't already know. Gotta love that Anderson honesty. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were no, there were no explicit lies told. <laughs> we just have it. Uh, wait, which line is that? I can't remember. That's hilarious. So, and yeah. then this was before your mission, or after? This was after after, after, after our missions. We sold pest control out in Virginia, and yeah, so that was a fun summer. And you know, it, it was good though. Made made some good money for our college, and uh, had a lot of fun out there. Yeah. I, I actually ended up getting arrested at one point while no. I was out there. Are you serious? Yeah, there was... Uh, no way. Did you not have the proper paperwork for selling in a specific city or... Yeah, so we were 
we were normally in Loudoun County, but okay. at one point we went down to Fairfax County. Yeah. And uh, I guess we hadn't gotten solicitor's licenses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I had sold pest control before out in California, and, and I don't think anyone cared about those things out there, you know? It's kind of oh, interesting, right? Yeah. And out so, back east, I'm sure. Uh, they yeah. ended up caring a lot more. Mm. Uh, somebody called the cops on me just because we were in, like, a no-soliciting neighborhood, right? And so oh. the cop came just going to kick us out of the neighborhood. Yeah, but, but then they like, checked. Oh, he's like, hey, where's your solicitor's license? I show him the Loudoun County one, and... I'm going to have to take you in. No way. Oh, <laughs> so, man. Pretty funny. That, has that been your one and only time where you've been in trouble with the law? Or uh... Yeah, that's that's the only time I've ever been arrested. Good for so, you. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeff, <laughs> Jeff ended up having to follow me to the county jail. Oh, man. And then my uh, boss came and paid my bail and got out of jail. What a good boss. And I was able to pass go, actually, so... <laughs> get out of like jail for dollars well they paid two hundred dollars oh. for my bail that was two hundred dollars exactly so are you serious yeah, yeah so yeah that fits perfectly in the uh do not pass go do not collect two hundred dollars go <laughs> yeah, directly to jail because he lost two hundred dollars but, but i did get out of jail so <laughs> and luckily did you, you know, actually have to spend time in a jail cell Oh, a couple hours. Are you serious? Well, I mean, it was just waiting for my boss to get there. But you were not in a jail a, cell. No, not in a cell. Just oh, like okay. in the in the building. But I was handcuffed. I was handcuffed. Were you really? Yeah, I was handcuffed, and then they had to go, you know, take you in, and and it was funny what a rebel. My goodness. They asked me, there, you know, is someone coming to pay your bail, or are you staying the night? I'm like, uh, someone's coming to pay my bail. I'm not <laughs> staying the night here. <laughs> so, but I could have. I, hindsight, I almost wish I had. That would have. That maybe would have been. That would have been a good story. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, but yeah, my my boss came and got me out of jail. That was probably for the best. Uh, if that were me, I would have cried like a little girl. Probably. Uh, yeah. Those. That's got to be a scary experience. It, it was funny. It was, I was mad at the time. I think, but mm. looking back, it's it's humorous. Very funny. So. Well, Dan, I have a request that you tell a specific story. Okay. And this is a story you told me a number of years ago, and I love this story. It's not even about cousins. It's just about farm life, farm experiences. You guys grew up milking cows, uh, getting eggs from chickens. You guys had, uh, I think you had emus at one point. We did, yeah. You had all sorts of different, like a menagerie of birds. geese, peacocks, pigeons, peacocks. Um, But it's, it's the chicken a story about two brothers, two chicken roosters, a story that you told me that I would love to hear again. Would you tell that story? Yeah, please? for sure. Yeah. So my chore when I was young, I was probably seven, eight years old, and I was always my chore to feed the chickens. So I spent a lot of time just, it sounds funny, but I spent a lot of time watching those chickens. <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, you learn a lot watching chickens. Yeah. You know, you've heard the term pecking order, right? Yeah, uh-huh. it comes from chickens. You know, they establish pecking order among the roosters and also the hens. Mm. Who's? But, <laughs> what is the pecking order for our listeners, those who might not know what that, that means? What? How is that established and what does that mean? Yeah, so in chickens, it's there's a you know, one rooster who's kind of the boss or the... The alpha rooster. The alpha rooster yeah. who's has all the rights and <laughs> privileges and he's, For like mating privileges, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. and so he'll Territory chase away other privileges. roosters and uh, different things. But yeah, so it's just kind of this order of uh, dominance, mm. and you know, we see it in see it in uh, kids as well. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you see it in all sorts of things. But anyway, so I spent a time watching these these chickens and roosters, and 
I always loved it when the chickens ended up, the roosters ended up fighting. Hmm. And they just do that sometimes, right? We didn't, you know, train you, them or anything. We weren't, we didn't, we you didn't weren't have doing cockfighting uh, on the side. Like, no, got no. an illegal Andalin cockfighting business. No, no. Um, but we ended up getting a couple, well, we had a game hen. Hmm. And it's a What's a game hen? specific breed of chicken that they use for games. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of bred for to release them out the while they fly away and then you would try and uh well shoot them that's what they were bred for originally well right? both yeah and also fighting cockfighting oh they were bred, they were for, bred cockfighting for cockfighting as well, as well. oh yeah. okay and so we had these this game hen and she ended up having uh laying a bunch of eggs and hatching out uh you know a bunch of chicks what is a bunch of chicks called it's not a litter of chicks what do you that's a good question. I don't know what that I is. I almost called it a brood. A brood of chicks, I, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I'll, sure. I'll look that up later. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm just curious. If no, you you're good. Um, so so uh, some of these chicks, you know, I think we ended up selling a couple, but there were two of these uh, chicks that grew up to be roosters. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't ever keep them in the pen because they could, this breed of chicken, they're very you know, light can jump very high and they, their wings are powerful enough that they can fly over 10 foot fences. Wow. Um, and so we can never keep these two, these two, uh, roosters in the pen. And so they'd wander the farm together, just all over the farm. And we always just laughed cause they were always together. They were these two brothers hmm. and we, you know, they were best of friends. What was their, what was the color of their feathers? What, what kind of, so they're uh, kind roosters? of like a bright red, rooster with oh, okay. kind of some different patterns on them of, mm. of uh, red and white and black but okay i'm just trying to get an image red. of these yeah. roosters in my mind uh-huh. yeah um but they were they were big and strong enough that they could fly flap their wings and fly over fences and yeah. out of the chicken coop a lot of yeah. the time yeah so okay. we couldn't keep them in one day it was actually snowing mm. and uh it's like in probably in november mm. um november or december it was snowing enough that, and, and the snow was melting. And when when roosters, when their feathers get matted down, mm-hmm. they look a lot smaller. Mm. And so, what often tends to happen is they see the other rooster, and this is kind of my hypothesis. Mm. I don't know, but they see the other rooster, and their feathers are all matted down. And, and hey, that's a lot smaller rooster than what I was used to. And so, they a, a lot of times I've noticed this is when it rains or snows they almost reestablish the pecking order. Oh. Um, because they're because they don't recognize each other well enough and, and they see, hey, he's a small guy now. They, now that his feathers are all mad. But they down. don't realize that they also look smaller. Yeah. So they're looking at each other and thinking, Oh, that's a smaller chicken than me. Yeah. And I could beat I that. Could, I, I could, could beat that guy. I could take that chicken. Yeah. So um so yeah, so one night uh it was snowing. These two roosters, these two brothers, they started fighting, and we were out milking the cow, and we and uh, they were just fighting actually in the right by the grapes, the mm. Jacob's grapes, oh, yeah, where yeah. those used to be. Okay, for those listening who, who know <laughs> no, the layout the of the farm, and the, yeah. And they were fighting for hours, and we ended up going inside. You know, we'd look out the window; they're still fighting <laughs> for hours. They were yeah. fighting like this. <laughs> the next morning, we go outside, and one of them's dead on the snow blood everywhere no and way. the other one is near death we took him inside tried to tried to nurse him back to health but he died the next day and so these two brothers fought to the death and 
it was just such an impactful experience yeah. seeing this happen. Uh-huh. Um, and what's interesting is that, you know, they were, they were like best of friends, right? Mm. Like their whole, mm-hmm. you know, but then when they didn't recognize each other, when it was snowing, their, fur, their, their feathers were matted down. When their perspectives and their shifted perspective a little. changed and yeah. they, they then fought, you know, and, and it was, yeah, I mean, that was an impactful, impactful experience. So it's a, it's a very interesting story. It was, it was fun on farm life, uh, you know learning from animals and, and different experiences. Mm. So. Was one of them named Scar and was like... <laughs> and Mufasa. Long live the king, oh, yeah. brother! Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's funny is uh, Jake Miller mm. ended up telling this story in a church talk. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I can't remember how he related it to the gospel. I'll have to get that from him because I've considered writing, you know, like a children's book with all my farm stories. Yeah, I would read that. And, I'd read a um, book about your farm stories. There was a, another chicken story that you told me shortly after that first one that this there was like this much bigger chick uh, rooster, but um, it kept fighting all these other roosters. Yeah. Right. Can you tell a, a, that story just briefly? Yes. Yeah. There, we called him the king. He was the king rooster. He was the, the leader of the like, pecking order. Like Elvis. He, yeah. was the <laughs> he was the king. This one was just interesting because it was just one random day. One of the up and coming young roosters that had been growing bigger and bigger and mm. getting more and more confident ended up, you know, trying to fight this challenge, the challenge, the pecking order. And was it a rainy day as well? Was no, it? this one wasn't. This one was just oh, a random so, day. Okay, yeah. so, so not it's not always rainy. Mm. They end up fighting, and the king the king wins. Yeah, but it was a long fight. The king was tired and bloody. The next kind of rooster in the pecking order kind of sees how weak the king looks. Ends up fighting the king. The king beats this one too. Mm-hmm. A third one fights the king. The king beats the third rooster, and then we have this scrawniest little rooster. <laughs> looks over and yeah. he wants to take his shot and he defeats the king and i'm watching this at probably nine ten years old yeah. and i'm like this is unjust <laughs> <laughs> the king I'm like the king they just this fate they just usurped his authority <laughs> so the scrawniest of them all was cunning and waited yeah till, waited the, till end. the end so i ended up taking taking this battered and bruised and bloodied king he he was lying on the ground he didn't he wasn't dead though i i could walk up to him and just pick him up he wasn't dead but he wouldn't run away like he normally would right so i just walked up to him picked him up i ended up putting him in a little separate cage Hmm. and i nursed him back to health (laughs) i was giving him special treatment food and water every day return of the king (laughs) and i and and about two weeks later i released him back and he he retook the throne he retook the throne throne. (laughs) So yeah, that was that was a that was another fun wonderful fun farm story. stories. Yeah. I I have a lot of good memories of being at the farm, learning how to milk a cow, uh, yeah. and just appreciation for the consistency that you have to have on a farm to wake up at a specific time to milk the cow. Yeah. Uh, to get the eggs, to to feed the livestock, feed the animals, clean up after them. It's it's a lot of work. So much work, but it's to fun. Do. It's a good yeah. learning experience. Did we ever? Did we ever prank you with the uh, star on the bottom of the cow's teat? No, no. And then spray you in the face. <laughs> yeah, <with> it? no. <laughs> yeah. no. I, I actually did you that. Probably to, did it to Jason. I did it to Jeff. Oh, I you did, did it to Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I did it to Jeff. I, I think I got him right in the eye. <laughs> He'll remember that one. 
um, Alan and I, we stayed at the Jacobs for a week uh, shortly after my father passed away just to give my mom some reprieve uh, time um, uh, that she wasn't having to take care of so many kids. Yeah. And while we were at the Jacobs, Alan, I guess, is just super accident prone. He he was milking a cow, and then the cow kicked him right in the chest. Oof. And that left like a big bruise. And then yeah. like that same week, he was climbing um, a tree and fell off and landed on a barbed wire fence and like cut up his leg. Ouch. He got like 30 stitches or something in the back of his Dang. leg. We were only there like a week. I imagine had we lived at the farm, <laughs> half of us would have been dead. Yeah. Uh, but... We have some stories. Uh, you, you'll have to have, uh, when you have Quincy on, ask him about when the cow stepped on his face. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> this cow stepped on Quincy's face? Yeah. So. You know, I wondered why it looked, his <laughs> that face was actually, looked a little funny. No. That was right after his mission. So Was it really? Yeah. Oh, man. For the last segment, uh, we typically pick a topic uh, that the cousin is, is interested in. And we were kind of tossing around some ideas. What idea do you have for us? What What do you want to discuss today? Well, I wanted to talk about uh, pickleball. Okay. Pickleball is one of my passions right now. I spend a lot of time playing pickleball. Love it. Very fun sport. And so if you haven't tried pickleball, try it, Devin, you know. I've um, played a couple of times. I played against my brother, Alan, uh, yeah. for a little bit. I played at our local church a few times but i am terrible compared to a lot of people that i've seen i always get in the kitchen on accident i always forget Uh, that rule yeah and uh i'm always like i I play a lot of ultimate frisbee Mm -hmm. so i'm always laying out to try and (laughs) and hit the ball and i end up hurting myself over (laughs) and then i watch all these tournaments i'm like i haven't seen a single person lay out to try and get this ball that's a rare occurrence for (laughs) Usually it's more about uh, well the culture of pickleball is doubles actually so oh yeah people so you, more two, often um, two play doubles I mean you can play singles but but the, generally that's kind of the main way you play pickleball is doubles um, do you have a partner that you typically play with a lot um, do you go doubles yeah, I have with a somebody couple, a lot? I have a couple buddies that I play with pretty often mm-hmm. um, yeah no I I actually recently heard a, about a study they did oh yeah um, about paddle sports. Uh, okay. racket or paddle sports yeah. and um, apparently they say people who play racket sports live longer than anybody else oh really um, they said that there's a part of your brain called the cerebellum yeah that is you know used for coordination physical and mental coordination mm. and because you know you're you're always thinking about where the ball's going and what you're going to do next and it's mm-hmm. very, it's pretty fast-paced a lot of racket racket games um, that it's just a great exercise for the brain. So hmm. I thought I'd share that as a that's you know, pretty cool little plug. And I, I wonder which sport people live the least long or die the fastest. <laughs> if 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 people that play racket sports live longer than mostly everybody yeah. else, you know, what would it be? Surfers, uh, people who <laughs> drown rock. faster, yeah, or I don't, I don't know. know, rock climbing, rock climbing. I mean, maybe. rock climbing's normally pretty safe, but then you got the free climbers. But I guess it's more that uh, you don't die doing the sport. It's because uh, as, you know, I assume. Oh, you're saying just what what sports are the least beneficial? Yeah. for your body. Yeah, yeah. I brought up surfers as a joke that you know you probably would die. <laughs> uh, you know, drowning or yeah, or getting eaten by a shark or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but yeah. Is chess a sport? It's chess, a game, sport. Yeah. But that uses a lot of intellectual, a lot of intellectual 
Yeah. You know, but you're not running around like you would uh, yeah. in, in pickleball. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm probably offended surfers and chess players. <laughs> I have. Jacob's a big, Jacob Miller's a big chess player. Oh, yeah. I've actually gotten into chess a little bit. Oh, yeah? Lately. Yeah. Use the chess. Uh, What's your opening? Chess.com app. You know, usually an E4. Yeah? yeah. E4? Yeah. But I, I switch it up. I try not to repeat, you know, two. I, I, I don't know all the openings. You know, I don't either. Like I just, I, I thought I was and... being intellectual there by asking what's your opening. <laughs> I don't even know an opening. The Queen's Gambit or something? Yeah, there, there are. The Queen, there, there is that one. <laughs> yes, I don't even know what that is. Um, so what else about pickleball? Why did you... Uh, choose that other than I know that you're really interested in it yeah, recently well, but a lot of a lot of uh, my family's gotten into pickleball um, oh, yeah? and it's it's a very inclusive sport mm. like people of all ages can play it like mm. kids can get really good at pickleball at a young age right just so it's fun to play with kids when did pickleball come about because it seems like such a recent phenomenon I watched this hilarious YouTube video of this couple uh, they went through the five stages of pickleball. Uh, they have you seen that? I haven't. Uh-uh. It's so funny. They start out by like oh, like the interest your or your uh, skeptical. The skeptical mm-hmm. phase where like who are these idiots taking up this tennis court <laughs> space and turning it into pickleball space? It's so yeah. dumb. And then the second is like curiosity, and they're like, well, we could we could try it. You know, we could pick up these pickleball paddles and give it a go, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the third phase is like, you start to become more invested into yeah. it. And you're like, oh yeah, this is actually pretty fun, you know? And then the fourth phase is like uh, obsession, <laughs> where you start like <laughs> buying all the equipment and like you start listening to uh, podcasts specifically about the sport and then- Watching all the tournaments. Watching all the YouTube tournaments. videos. Yeah. And then I can't remember what the fifth phase is, but I think it's uh, it like it w- goes back down to just normal where you're not as obsessed with it anymore, but you still yeah. are kind of a lifelong fan. I, still I think I've probably bunch. gone through most of those stages, yeah? actually. Yeah, I remember first time I probably played was I probably honestly I played pretty early. I played in probably 2015 mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. I was just out of college and at, a, at my first job and we went and played at lunch a couple times, but I didn't, I was in that skepticism phase. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, yeah, this is okay. And so then I didn't really play again until 2020. And that's mm. when the sport kind of blew up. Yeah. Got really big. And it's huge in yeah. Utah, especially yeah. Utah County. I think I was passing my son's old elementary school and they had converted all of the tennis courts that were right there into pickleball courts. It's the one by the Anderson farm, yeah. the elementary school. That's kind of over by there on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. By Grandview Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so now, what phase are you in? Are you still in the obsession phase of phase four? Is that I think I've it? probably moved into stage... Stage five? Stage five, uh-huh. uh, where I'm, it's calmed down. I'm not like completely obsessed, uh-huh. but I do love it. I do love playing. Um, and during the, during the spring, summer, fall, I'm playing you know, at least once a week and... And winter, I'll sometimes play indoors. So, yeah. Do you ever play uh, mixed couples, like uh, with a girl? And oh, then... absolutely! Yeah, it's great for dates. Yeah, um, and it's an awesome thing. Like, yeah, like uh, a couple years ago, I was dating a gal, and 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 uh, we'd always play her parents, and that was always fun. Like, really fun, uh, you know, opportunity to get to know. Did the parents ever fight with each other? Like, you, honey, you should have got that. That was you. A <laughs> little bit. Little argue bit. over whose fault it was that they didn't 
Yeah. Uh, that was on your side. Yeah, but you were in the front corner. You should, yeah, they, they, they were good, actually. They beat us. But So are you more of a, a spike? Uh, do you try and hit the ball hard, or play the front near the kitchen, or are you more of like a soft lobber? What, what's your well, strategy that you usually incorporate? Well, the idea is that you, you hit it low enough and soft enough is that it turns into you're all at the you're all at the, the kitchen front, line ca- right the kitchen the yeah. mm-hmm. and you're dinking it over back and forth and mm-hmm. as soon as somebody hits it up high though then that's when you slam it on them if they mess it up right hmm. but you know then you throw a lob in there every now and then where you lob it up to the back of the court yeah yeah so tell me tell me a little bit more about the sport i'm i'm kind of a novice is this what why is it called the kitchen first of all I actually don't know the answer to that. Oh, oh I do know up. why it's called pickleball. Oh, okay. Uh, the people who invented it, I think they lived in Washington State. Mm. Um, pickleball sounds like it would come from Washington State. Yeah, that's for sure. And they had a dog, and their dog's name was Pickle. Pickle? <laughs> and they ended up uh, creating this sport with you know paddles and wiffle balls, and they they called it pickleball. So, hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come, Dan. Is there uh, anything else that you want to, to let the Anderson family know or anything more about pickleball uh, that you want to, to share? You know, it's been fun being on here. Yeah, as far as letting letting the Anderson family know something, you know, love you all. Would love to see you guys soon. And hopefully we can, you know, get together get together more often. I know we're all such a massive family that some people are on other sides of the world, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's fun having the connections and having, you know, the network of cousins and and family and and yeah, I, I want to get that that uh, map that you put on Google and oh, just yeah. start visiting yeah. when I travel, just like have a place to stay. That's know? what I, I've used that a ton. That's how I've uh, kind of established my relationship with a lot of the older cousins too yeah. is I'd see that they had live in a specific city and I had I'd go for ultimate frisbee tournaments I'm like ah, who what cousin could I stay with yeah and uh, uh yeah I've stayed with lots of cousins that way that's and, awesome and now I use it as just as an excuse to go and visit cousins that's one reason why I wanted to start this podcast is so I could have an excuse to go out and visit all of the cousins yeah but Thank you again for coming, Dan. Uh, it was it was just a real pleasure having you on here and hearing all those uh, hilarious and wonderful stories. The next interview that I have is going to be with uh, Karchner. It's actually uh, Kelly Goodrick. Uh, she lives here in Saratoga Springs, and so that'll be our next episode. Uh, as an update for Project Baby Anderson, um, for those who aren't aware, Sarah and I are trying to uh, have another child and our um, my sister-in-law Annie is offered to be a gestational carrier for us, so we are at the stage where we're creating embryos now. So that's awesome. Hopefully, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks uh, how many turn into embryos and and how many we have, and then we'll take it from the next step there. Uh, for those who would, are interested in donating to Project Baby Anderson, uh, reach out at my99cousins at gmail dot com for more information. Just send us an email there. And uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash my99cousins. All right, thanks. Have a great day.